<sighs> We're talking about Kid Amnesia again. Here's the new bit. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Jubilee Street, a music podcast. Today on the episode, Ian McCurtis, myself, and Jake Curtis, myself. Other guy, we are not talking about Elvis Costello. No, we're we not. We are talking about accidents will happen. From me. I was having dreams like that back in 1973. Groovy Boo is banging the ivories in his ancient overcoat. Stuffing all his rage and anger down that old... Accidents will happen. Maybe uh, a hot take. I I can't stand Elvis Costello. Get him the fuck out of here. Uh, he's one of those people that I associate with, like in my mind, like for some reason with like Leonard Cohen. And I think Leonard Cohen's like far and away better than anything I've heard by Elvis Costello. But I also haven't heard enough by Elvis Elvis Costello to like really make that claim. So it's kind of irrational. Mm. I know but, what you mean though. They're both just like you know master songwriters. Funny story before, like right before we started recording, because there's a couple, there's a, there is a Leonard Cohen cover on this album on the B sides and rarities too. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Avalanche, right? Mm -hmm. Which was a contender for another song I wanted to talk about. But Ian said I can only pick two, and I picked Stupid Steve McQueen and Stupid Accidents Will Happen. Stupid. Um, Just kidding. These, both those songs aren't stupid. Uh, We're doing a bit, people. It's called Comedy. I freaked out because I was like, fuck, is this a Leonard Cohen cover too? Because I was convinced it was an original. And then so I'm like typing away. And I look it up and I find there is a Leonard Cohen song of the same name, which is why you made the joke. Um, No, Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello. So, okay, I just fucked up my story. I thought, I saw that it was an Elvis Costello cover and I was like, fuck, I did not. You it all back together. I'm pulling it back together. salvage the story. So anyway, anyway, I thought it was a cover... Turns out it's not. I'm stoked because I was like, I don't have time to listen to the cover version and like analyze that too. So that's it. That's just sort of my Homer Simpson like dope moment, you know. Uh, everybody's got them. And that is sort of the Curtisian anticlimax that I call my life. <laughs> Curtisian. When you're, when you're a dead famous writer in like 200 years, people, <laughs> like how people say Kafka-esque, they're going to say, mm-hmm. Oh, that Curtisian golden shower scene. That Curtisian uh, <laughs> part where he pooped all over himself. Yeah, that's that would probably be very Curtisian. Thanks for letting everybody know I pooped all over myself in my books <laughs> before I've written it. Well, when he's writing the books, but he doesn't like <laughs> the characters. Don't do it. It's just Ian likes to. He does. Ian likes to write all my best book ideas for me and then give them to me. <laughs> that's gonna be the next one. Um, yeah, so accidents will happen. I'm I'm excited let's, to talk about this. Let's start. Let's let's pull the the scope back and just talk about the title. Okay. I don't know. You know, we'll get into what the song means. I don't think this is what the song actually means, but I love the sentiment sure. of accidents will happen. I've been doing some music recording this week, and a lot of people that I've played music with, and just other people in my life that do creative things. I feel like... Uh, my life. My life. I feel like <laughs> if they try something and it doesn't work out, they feel like they have to keep 
fidgeting with it until it works. Yeah. And I don't like that. My, like, it's okay to just try something and then it's not good and just erase it and start new. I yeah. love the mind, the mind frame of just accidents will happen. Like, just try a bunch of stuff and don't be married to any of it. Like, just start over. It's okay. I, I just love that philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. It's the Bob Ross of it all, right? Happy, yeah, happy little like, accidents. Nothing, nothing set in stone. I, I hate, like, uh, it can be frustrating to work on something and someone feel like this has to work. Like, we've got to make it work. And, like, we can just think of a better idea, a new idea. So why this title for the song? Why do you think? For, the, for that reason? Or do you think it's about something else? I don't... What... what uh, so let's get into the, Ma- the Mabel of it all. Mm-hmm, what do you th- mm-hmm. what do you think about this Mabel character? What, what do you think is going on in the song? Well, this Nick Cave guy's always got a penchant for adding in some old girl named Mabel or B or you know Bonnet, something like you know names like that. Um, <laughs> B and Bonnet. So yeah. accidents will happen. That's what accidents are for. An accident is just an accident. I walk through the swinging door. I see my old girl, old girl, old girl Mabel. Her jawbone hits the floor and her eyeballs roll around the table. So, swinging door kind of makes it sound like she's a prostitute. Her jawbone hits the floor. You know, this guy walking in is obviously kind of kind of a stud, and he gives her an or- he has an orgasm with her. She has one. That's kind of what I'm getting. And then it goes into a, in a clever act of mis- misdirection. I manage with some finesse to scale the ladder in her stockings and creep into her dress. Accidents will happen. And coincidence or just accidents, nothing less, nothing more. I think this is all kind of classic, like bad seed stuff. Um, Nick's writing's really on par here. There's some great lines, some definitely some. I think we say this all the time, but I mean, all there's a, there's a line in here that's like a career highlight. I think as far as like a funny, well written line. Um, I think this is song. This song is about more than just like ac- like having sex and then the risk of getting pregnant, but that like. Maybe if a pregnancy is considered an accident in like colloquial speech, then you could assume that like a pregnancy or like um, it's possible like because sex is so worth it and you get like a there's a worthwhile product and outcome to it that if there's an accident and someone else gets pregnant, then it, it might be worth it in the end because you've created something beautiful. That's sort of my like very surface level, level analysis. What do you think? I ended up thinking what you think, but I didn't. Let me let me tell you about my journey to get there. Yes. So all about journeys on this podcast. Hashtag Jubilee Street Journey. Yeah. Hashtag Jubilee Journey. So you Jubilee never journey. know. You never know Nick Cave how malicious it is, right? Because there's some bad characters in these songs. So Juju Priest. I thought initially. Swinging door, like he he chose the word swinging, like when you punch someone, you're swinging at him, and yeah. then her jawbone hits the floor, and eyeballs, you know, when you pass out, your eyeballs roll in the back of your head. I thought this dude knocked the girl out and it was like rapey, yeah. like oh. creeped into her dress, and then the end of the song, the husband, the crow magnum man with the mag magnum magnum, which is. <laughs> An amazing line. Uh, yeah, that's the, the one husband, I was talking like, about. The husband finds out this guy raped his wife and is like coming for him. But 
that that was like the my initial like reaction. But I think you're right. I think it's like uh, her jawbone hits the floor like a wooga wooga, and her it's eyeballs. like a Looney Tunes kind of sketch, right? Yeah. Then like the orgasmic eyeball rolling, and then the husband's mad because he's having an affair with his wife. You know, not raped his wife, mm-hmm. but you know, you never know, Dick Cave. Like I don't think it's an accident, pun intended, that. Mm-hmm. There's some confusion as to whether or not this is violent. I mean, it's that fine line he seems to thread between or tread between like having sort of a realism to his lyrics and then and sort of extra real like surreality to him. Like you don't really know what's happening and especially the kind of language that he uses, like she's shaped like an inverted duck's pond chair. I roll out my tongue when she walks past, fix her with my famous jelly-eyed stare. Incredible. It makes sense that this is a B-side, I think, originally from Dig Lazarus Dig, because this is very much like Call Upon the Author, and then even like the Grinderman 2, like Mickey Mouse track, like there's definitely like something about his lyrics from that time period. I mean, even kind of like that now, like with, with like a Balcony Man even, like there's this sort of like, grandiose like if you're familiar with the looney tunes creators like tex avery like extra sexual extra like ultra violent but there's also like there's like this layer of like like abstract like surrealism to it that it doesn't feel real so it doesn't feel like there's any stakes to it it's just kind of funny and so this song exists in this really weird space because when it gets into the you and me are gonna get together, Ooh. like when you like listen to the lyrics, it's it's I kind have a of about that. it's kind of about like a man like taking advantage of a woman and then he gets killed by the husband. But the way that I'm imagining it is I'm imagining like like someone that looks like like a Looney Tunes cartoon, like uh like a mm-hmm. a man character that's like shaped like a like a caveman but he's dressed in like you know you know sort of whatever that kind of like I'm imagining like kind of a western with the spinning door the sliding door or whatever and he's like he's got like closed eyes like those kind of like cartoon characters and they're all buff and gruff um I don't know it's out there it's definitely out there what's your theory so so we think that the song is essentially just like a silly song and the accidents will happen is the husband catches him mm-hmm. and he's like, accidents will happen. I didn't know. Like, yeah. is that what, is that what we think's going on? Whoops. Yeah. Whoopsie. I didn't know she was married. It's like, it's like quagmire, like dropping through like <laughs> a fight, a fight tornado. And he's like, what the hell? I just get laid. So, so my theory with that outro you're talking about is that, it seems like the that beginning of the song where it's like all the dreams you're having, you stole them from me, that verse. Yeah. And then the you and me are going to get it together. Uh-huh. They don't really seem to relate to the rest of the song at all. Yeah. My theory yeah. is that maybe these were two different <laughs> sets of lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like... There were two different ways the songs could go, and you didn't fully complete either, and that's why this is a B-side, because, like... Right. I don't think that first verse makes any sense with the rest of the song. 
Yeah, I think if you read too much into these lyrics, you would definitely this would definitely be more on the like bluntly like risky rapey lyrics like lover man kind of like I come around when she least expect when she expects it the least. She always I, looks I, so no, strange think, and tragic. I think you're right. I think it's just like an affair. I don't Yeah. I just think I've read it rapey because because Nick Cave's done that before, but I don't think it is. Well, there's one line in here that's interesting. She ain't the type to keep her promises. I used to be down with the faithful man. Now I'm hanging out with the doubting Thomases, which is a great rhyme with promises. What a cool thing to think of. So a doubting Thomas is a skeptic who refuses to believe without direct personal experience, which is a reference to the Gospel of John's depiction of the Apostle Thomas. who he didn't believe Jesus in, came back from the dead. Yeah, it's like, well, I didn't see it, so why, how can it be real? Uh, refused to believe the resurrected Jesus had appeared to the 10 other apostles until he could see and feel Jesus's crucifixion wounds. <laughs> what? Nick Cave um, had a biblical reference? Right, exactly. Um, I mean, it was, it was to a T a biblical reference. Like, that's the first fucking hit on uh, Google when I looked it up. That's a but good yeah. band name, The Doubting Thomases. It probably already uh-huh. exists. Well, right behind uh, Young Re Blanks. I don't want to say it on here. Trademark. Yeah. Um, young political parties, let's say that much. So I think that this song just kind of shines to me because it's a lot of fun. I think it's very singable. I think it's like, I, I like always have, I, ever since I heard it, I've wanted to listen to it like every day. And I, I think there's some good little quotables in here. We already brought up the, the best line is at the end, uh, her husband is a Cro-Magnon man with a magnum. He recites the Second Amendment. That line is just like, mm. it's just, it's like that first slurp of spaghetti. It's just so satisfying. You've been waiting for it. You're hungry. I love that line about the doubting Thomases. And the what does Jim gene- mean? Is that just like thrown in there so he can rhyme it later with him? I think so. Yep. Because he's like, he recites the Second Amendment, Jim. Well, like a, a bit of slang that we're not familiar with. It might be, but I think it has. I think it's it's very very like just kind of common speak. Like, it, if you were at like a saloon or something and you were like starting trouble, they'd be like, "All right, Jim, you gotta get out of here." You know what I mean? It's kind of like saying calling somebody like slim or that's what I was wondering or something like, like that. You yeah, know, slang that we don't know. It it, it made me feel MF Doom. Like he like yeah. how he just throws in like a nonsense word sometimes just to make a rhyme All right, later. Then. Gonna what does he say? Gonna Hustle down to Brighton, all right then, something like that. Yeah, and I love that. I love that line in a clever act of misdirection. I manage with some finesse, like the, that. The way that the the verses come in are is so intoxicating. I love them. I would like. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I could be totally wrong about this. I'm not remembering there really being much bass on the song. Not much. Maybe there's no bass. Uh, I would love like a re-recorded version of this because the guitar is like, I don't know if it's Very out of loud. tune or it just doesn't sound that good. And then the lead guitar that comes in just sounds like the first take where you're still figuring out what the part's going to be. You know, it sounds really yeah. unfinished. And See, I love that. I think that's one of my favorite parts, the guitar solo at the end. No, it's cool. I would just also like to hear like a uh, polished version. But I think it's cool they put it out like this because you can kind of hear... You know, As we talk about it, I do it, it all the time it, in songs. You do that first take, first take where you're like figuring out what you want your guitar lead to be, and you're just kind of doing different ideas. And it was cool to just like leave that on here. 
One really fun thing to go off on, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, but I think you'll relate, and I think it relates to the song, is that when I was in, and we did this in Via Animo, but in Android 18, we had like this field recorder that we would use to record our uh, ourselves practicing our set. And sometimes there would be these moments in between songs where I might be tuning or Josh was tuning where Joel would just keep playing and there'd be all this like, like Noah might keep playing bass and then Josh would come in and start playing and then we'd all kind of like jam for a couple minutes. And I think that's just, again, what's so magical that we get to share in the sort of backstage pass of B-sides and rarities that this is the kind of stuff that makes fans feel cool and I think gives them extra validation about artists they love because as we're talking about this track, I'm like, yeah, this track is super like rough. Like, cause as I was, even when I was looking at the lyrics earlier, I was kind of just studying them, making sure I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to talk about before we go into the podcast, but leave it a little bit loose. But once you get to that end part and that chorus is so strong at the end, you have to wonder like, man, like had this song been more complete, like it would have been so much better. And it also left me wanting this one and little Hey Little Firing Squad. Like they just left me wanting more Bad Seed songs like this. And also I want more like Warren solos. Like if even if it's just like distorted violin, like I just want to hear him like shred. He is, he's such a good, I think that's him playing guitar here. It might be, uh, is it Mick Harvey? Is that his name? My space in? I think, it, yeah. I don't um, there's so many people who could have played guitar on this song. I I'm not sure. I don't have the uh, the discogs pulled up. Sometimes they have who played what. It's not saying on Genius. I'm not sure. Yeah. No worries. Either way, everyone, you know, as a band, they've all gotten so restrained. They don't really show off like they used to. And even when they used to, they didn't do that much. But I know what you mean. It would be cool to... Maybe if we get that Grinder Main 3, we'll get to see them kind of get wild. Yeah, there's been, and I think it's purposeful, and I think it's symbolic of what was happening with the band from Skeleton Tree to now. And there's a very fine sense of like free containment. And B-Sides and Rarities has been such a treat for both of us because it's free chaos. And I think that's why we've, like resonated with a lot of the songs on this is because they're unfinished, they're demo like, they're kind of they kind of don't make sense. And I think that a lot of the newer Nick Cave material from Carnage and then the spoken word stuff he's released on YouTube, I guess I get the impression that I'm like I'm ready for them to cut loose and put out like a rock and roll record again. I think uh I mean, this is something we've we've talked about every, every I feel like every couple of months we kind of talk about this, but I think there was a certain tone that needed to be met for him doing the little duo of Skeleton Tree and Ghost Teen, where that wasn't going to work. You know, it had to be a certain way. Yeah. And then, because of the pandemic, Carnage wasn't able to be. You know, it just had to be him and Warren Ellis. So I'm really. I really do think whatever's next, like, now we got COVID out of the way, we got the ambient trilogy out of the way, 
Yeah. I think what's next has to be a rock album, but I could be wrong. I'll be pretty bummed if it's not, though. I, who knows? Maybe I won't be, because I, I usually always love everything he does, but that, that is what I would like. Regardless of what it is, it'll be exciting if these B-sides are any indication of, like... I mean, it's hard to say because if these are all the B-sides they had from then, what kind of B-sides do they have now, you know? like Yeah, I was wondering that because the B-sides from the recent albums are mostly, not all of them, but most of them are first versions of finish, of songs that were on the sure. album. So I'm wondering if they had, maybe they just didn't really have, you know, some albums don't have a lot of B-sides. Maybe that was all they wrote. I don't know. You know, they do so much music soundtrack now that a lot of the instrumentals that were B-sides might have just made their way onto, like, movie soundtracks. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely, like, very curious as to what's going to come down the pipeline because it, it doesn't seem like they would be sitting on, like, a, like a fucking like arena rock record or something or, like, what their version of arena rock or whatever you want to call it. But Nick Cave, I mean, I, I mean, it'd be really neat if like we got like a like a like a Nick Cave collaboration record with like a like a like another band. I mean, one thing we're planning on talking about that you all have probably heard is there are some there's like a whole record of Nick Cave covers coming out from this person named Nell, I think N E L L E, and the Flaming Lips. What's it? It's it's like a fourteen year old kid, huh? Yeah, Flame Lips did a yeah Nick Cave cover record with a fourteen year old kid. I think it's coming out this. We're recording this on the twenty second. I think it's coming out on Friday. So keep your eyes and ears peeled because we might end up covering that. I'm not sure what else we've got coming down the pipeline. Um, we're almost past Thanksgiving, so we'll see what happens there. But anyway, I don't want to get too off course there. Um, I touched on the lyrics. I think the music's great. I like the energy of this song. Uh, w- anything else you want to add to it? You know, a pet peeve of mine, Jake Curtis, is... Yes, Ian McCurtis? When someone does something on accident, like if I'm hanging out with you and you spill sauce on me, and then someone gets mad, it's someone for doing something on accident. That always drives me crazy. Yeah. Because it's like, obviously, he didn't mean to spill sauce on me. I just yeah. hate when people get mad at somebody for something they did on accident. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why people get mad about that stuff. Unless it's like, they were, if they were like really hungry and they were like, like they had put all this stock into like this other person's jar of salsa and they'd, like, they'd bought their own bag of chips and they, they were going to share the salsa. Maybe in that sense, I could see them getting mad, but almost there, 100% of the time, it's not fair. There was a story in that Cassie David book you gave me. About, it's uh-huh. a book by Larry David's daughter. And <laughs> she tells a story of when she was like, you know, 12 or something. She's staying the night at her friend's house and she has her period like in the middle of the night. <laughs> and there's like blood on the sheet. And her friend is like, we cannot tell my parents. They'll be so mad. And then Cassie David just tells her friend's parents to get it out of the way. And of course, they're not mad. They're like, not like you bled on our sheets on purpose but made me think of that that's so funny accidents will happen accidents will happen like you can't get mad at somebody for an accident 
And I think that's kind of like like I going back, you know, so what? I, I slept with your wife. It was an accident. Yeah, you can just say that with any like fuck. Oh, uh, I, well, she fell on the knife, officer. I don't know what to tell you. Accidents happen. She fell. She fell on top of me, and I didn't have underwear on. It just happened. <laughs> That's like every fucking eighteen-year-old like rugby team <laughs> member who gets put yeah. on trial for rape. Oh, what do you want me to do? It's like so accidents will happen. And a clever act of misdirection. We're gonna go back to the beginning of the episode, and we're gonna talk about something beautiful and that like i just want to i just want to put this message out there because this is what this song makes me think about any creative types out there i just want to let you know ian talked about how he uh, revels or contemplates people who like kind of like tinker and fiddle with the same thing and i kind of realized that i've been doing that with this like second book idea i've been working on i do think that it's something that i can salvage but i'm worried that if i continue to focus time on it i'm going to just lose you well, know, there's nothing wrong with tinkering, mo- but like, not every idea has to become a finished idea. It's okay for an idea to just be an idea. So what I'm getting at is like, don't be afraid if you're stuck on a painting or a song or a book even. Like, you get a new book and you fucking hate it. Like, I'm sure everybody feels that way about Dune once they're like 150 pages in, but they're like, oh, the movie was so good and everybody loves Dune. Just don't read any more of it. Start another book. Like, yeah, there's no I'm trying, failure in starting over. Like, you still learn exactly. something in the process. And I think that's kind of the message that I choose to take from this, like, Looney Tunes crazy Nick Cave demo is like, there's, there's no harm in just trying because, at the very least, you get the Crow Magnum man with the Magnum, and, you know, Maybe he hands you a magnum-sized condom, and he's like, "Here you go, I have was sex make with that Mabel." Same joke. It reminds me of <laughs> Danny DeVito on "It's Always Sunny," being like, "My whoops, I dropped condom. my magnum condom on the ground over here." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it would you you and Courtney should do Danny DeVito and uh, Gail the Snail for Halloween one year. Get you a little uh, bald cap, and "It's Always Sunny" group costume would be great. Oh my gosh! Who would Corey be? Mac probably. Corey would have to be. Corey would be so disappointed if he wasn't Mac. Yeah, he'd be. Mac. Yeah, he he loves Mac. He'd have to be Mac. You would be. Who would be Charlie? Probably Mike, right? I don't know. Charlie's such a weird dude. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting off topic. I just wanted to say, if you're out there, if you're creating shit, don't get stuck on something. Um, you can always come back to it later. Just keep writing. Create new shit. Like, have fun with it. Find the fun. You know. Accidents happen. That's the best uh, part of creating shit. You know, we just did that Idols record. It's the same idea. Like, take a big swing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's on everything. You you still tried something cool. I I was telling Ian before we recorded, I I don't know if I've mentioned this in past episodes, but I had kind of like a a mental break a couple weeks ago when I found out my mom's dog had cancer. And I'm... I grew up, you know, I grew up privileged. Like I haven't dealt with a lot of death and a lot of, and a lot of, a lot of the death I've dealt with. Like I wasn't really, you've dealt, raised. I mean, you're telling yourself, sure. You've dealt with death in a more real way than most people. Not <laughs> dealt to with, too personal, but like, you know, that's, that's not fair for you to say. Dealt with death is a death is another tongue twister. We want to hear you guys do. Um, no, I've dealt with a lot of stuff. My dad committed suicide. Um, 
I lost both my childhood uh, pets. Um, my grandma passed away, and then I lost my other grandparents within the span of a couple of years. Um, my grand my grandpa passed away this year. Like that stuff didn't hurt. It wasn't easy because I knew my mom was going through stuff. But what I'm getting at is like, um, I guess I lost sight of like stuff that's beautiful in the world. And I started to notice that I was like losing interest in things and it's really, it really sucks. But one of the things that really got to me is I stopped wanting to write as much and like, I don't have any issue with like playing video games or like, I do sometimes feel like it's a waste of time if I do it too much, but I was doing it too much and I wasn't writing enough and I felt like my soul was kind of getting depleted. And um, I don't know, like, I'm just saying, if you're out there and you're struggling, like we're thinking about you, I think I kind of lost my major point there, but this song kind of helps me feel, was would help me feel better when I was dealing with like tough days and feeling sad. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of still getting over like getting sick a couple of days ago and I was very sick, like, what, when are we recording this? Monday. I got sick like Thursday night. So, and I still didn't feel great today. Um, so I don't know. We appreciate you listening. We got a really nice message from our our friend Kurt Diggler, who said he really dug the Kid A episode and or the Kid Amnesia episode, and that felt really good. So I just want to let everyone know that if you need anybody, like you always have someone in your life you can reach out to and. This podcast has been a great source of joy for me today and in the past and in the future. And, you know, we're glad you're here if you're listening. And, you know, if it's an accident that you happened upon this podcast, then so it be. Coincidences or just accidents? Um, what, what's, Jake, uh, I mean, that, that, that was a very beautiful sentiment. And I, I feel the same way. I am very... It's fucking Thanksgiving in a few days. I'll say the word thankful. I'll throw that word out there. I'm very thankful. Wow. I, I did it. I did it. I don't regret it. I'm you hear that, Jay Walkers? To, uh, have this forum to like, you know, we thought we were just going to talk about nerdy lyrics and then we talk about deep shit like this and it's, you know, like a little hour of therapy every week. It's really nice. It's really nice. Yeah. And... We always joke around, like, before we do the pod, it's like, how are we going to talk about, you know, this Nick Cave song or, like, this new single or this new this band's album, but make it about us or something? Because that's ultimately what a podcast is about, you know? It's like you don't listen to... Well, I don't know. I don't, have an, I don't have an example to throw in there, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. That's what, uh, can we close this off? Can you tell me what an inverted duck's pond chair is? Let's leave that up to the audience. What do you all think? I was going to Google it, and then I, for some reason, didn't, but what a, what a line. It I kind of like feel like... inverted like, duck spawn chair. I think that it's, if I'm, if I'm creating the image correctly, it's just like a, it's like a beach or like a pool chair that you can um, kind of like pull outward so that it collapses, and I think it's, an, I think it's a sexual innuendo, like he's bending her over. Fuck it. I'm going to... Well, we'll do it live on the podcast. I'm going to look up... Fuck it. Uh, you're... You're exactly right. You're exactly right, Jake. It's exactly what you thought it was. One of those little foldable. So, yeah, she looks like an inverted version of one of those sexual, for sure, thousand percent. 
Anywho. We should expect nothing less. You, you know, you got a Nick Cave song. You have your requisite sexual line. You have your requisite biblical line. And you have your requisite really violent line. It's all in there. This is this is a good, this is a solid Nick Cave piece. I don't care who you are. You're going to love this song. It's really good. Okay? I got drunk within the last five seconds. He's starting his Thanksgiving a little early. A little, a little early. Apple cider wine. Speaking of Earl, the new Earl sweatshirt uh, single that dropped 2010 is great. Y'all should check that out if you're a rap fan. It'd be a rap fan. Yeah. That was my favorite Earl song I've heard in a long time. Hey, you know what was it's great about five this or episode? Six years, honestly. What? We didn't. You know what's great about this episode? We only brought up Kid Amnesia once. Well, twice now. Uh, yeah, and it was you. I told you I got drunk, started Thanksgiving early. Hey, listen, in all seriousness, uh, we'll see you guys and girls and people uh, next week. On the whole, fuck Thanksgiving. Find a way to celebrate it with the, with your loved ones. Uh, what's still basically a pandemic era, like just just love each other, love everyone, you know? Let's Hit make this more peaceful thanks- world. Hit me with your Thanksgiving sides, Jake. What, what, are you, what are you going for first? All right, Thanksgiving sides. Okay, so the first thing I always go for is I get some of that canned cranberry sauce. Right after that, I go for the stuffing. After that, mac and cheese. And then I'm going to go for the green beans. What about you? Jake, we are... I'm probably going to switch out <laughs> the... If I hadn't said it, if I hadn't said it, what would you have said? And then switch your answer out. I would have said almost exactly the same thing as you. I'm going for the cranberry yeah. sauce, the stuffing, and the green beans. Those are the must-have trinity. Mac and cheese, I can... I'm not a big mac and cheese guy, but... Uh, I mean, those are my top three. You said my top three. We are, we're twins. Well, I think that just about ends the podcast, then. Green bean casserole, even better. I only really like it once a year, but usually that once a year is Thanksgiving. Some I brought up green bean casserole like fucking four times in the last couple weeks for Haley to make and she's like I don't really know if I want that this year so I'm holding out till maybe Christmas she'll make it but if not I'll try again next year she it's makes good. a mean I mean, green bean well, I mean, casserole that's good. it's easy though I don't know if you ever made it Jake you just put some yeah. like mushroom soup over the green beans Uh huh. some crispy onions bake it it's really easy to make especially vegan yeah. you don't have to worry about cheese or anything oh you know what I could fucking throw some vegan cheese on there if I want you could um you know what we should do one year is we should make one for Corey and we'll call it the Mean Joe Green Bean Casserole. Mean Joe Green Bean. Yeah. Um, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. You want to do the sign off and tell everybody where we're, where we're at, where they can hear us and where they can support us? Yeah, we're Jubilee Street Pod at gmail.com, Jubilee Street Pod on e- uh, Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Spotify. It looks like they've changed their podcast uh, stuff, so maybe it's easier to do that. That w- that helps other people see us. Uh, like us on Apple and whatever podcast app you use so other people can know about us. And I think that's about it. We're about to get in December. We're going to do some cool stuff for Christmas for the month of December, so... Uh, I think people are really going to dig it. Y'all better check it out, okay? It's going to be great. And if you know what's good for you, you're going to leave us a five-star rating. Or else, well, you don't want to know what else is going to come. And seriously, uh, I, I think what Jake said was really 
needed in the moment. The holidays are tough for a lot of people. And just I'm saying, we're, y'all, we're here for you guys. We, uh, I'm saying, the holidays are tough for people. We love you guys. We love you all. You always got us to hang out with. Throw on this podcast. Yes. You got two. You got two friends here. We listen to you. it on the way to the dinner, and if you have a hard time, then put it back on on your way back. Yeah, we we got all kinds of episodes for you. If you want to listen, check out the archives. Hey, you gonna re- you gonna finish up this podcast or not? I've got to get to Bristol. Go play a show. Are we going to finish it up or what? All right, I've got to go. Jake's coming back. He wants the microphone. Get the hell out of here, John Lennon. Sorry about that, everybody. Who's that knocking on? Hey, Nick Cave. Hey, how are you, Nick Cave? There are servants they don't govern. And I don't put too much faith in them. Well, let me tell you.